Suns fans, you know what time it is in the PHX. Empire of the Suns. Suns. Phoenix Suns. The Empire of the Suns podcast is brought to you by Sonic. Drive to your nearest Sonic location and try their new Choose Any Two for $7 deal for a limited time only. Empire of the Suns. Hello there and welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kellen Olson. Joined as always by Kevin <clears throat> Zimmerman. What's up, man? I'm fine. How are you? Expanding on the bit. Doing well, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Suns basketball, huh? It's yeah. different, huh? Well, we might be a, a useful, even more useful resource for at least Valley sports fans right now because the World Series Game 1 starts tonight. We're recording this Friday afternoon, four hours away from first pitch in, is it Arlington? Is that where they are? Mm-hmm. The specific city in Texas? How about that? Look <laughs> at me. I'm still on it. He's ready to go. I'm on it, brother. Hands down. No questions asked. The Phoenix Suns have played two basketball games. Let's talk about them. They beat the Warriors 108-104. They lost to the Los Angeles Lakers 100-95. The two biggest, the biggest story, or two biggest stories intertwined together by far. Uh, Bradley Beal has not played in either of these games yet. He is still experiencing that low back tightness that was popping up in the preseason for him. And then Devin Booker had a toe injury that we originally thought that he wasn't playing in that last preseason game just to rest like a bunch of the the other guys, but it turns out it was not just rest. It was, in fact, for a sore toe. His big toe in his left foot was sore. He goes on to play in the Warriors game, but in the process, hurts his left foot. He has left foot soreness. It's a sore left foot, just like how Chris's shoulder was sore in the in the Lakers series. <laughs> Um, so we have no idea the extent of the injury. I have people asking me all the time, what do you know? How do you know? Here's what you can do, everyone. You can go together and find all the information that's been shared so far and know that that is the extent that I know. And that's it. And this is where people go, oh, you're the reporter, Mr. Reporter Guy. Go report and find out the injury status, Mr. Reporter. Do you see anyone else reporting on the injury status? I saw Jared Greenberg report on the injury status a little bit, so that was helpful. But other than that, we don't really know much. Uh, he injured his left foot. He did not play against the Lakers on Thursday. Jared Greenberg of TNT reporting. If you haven't <clears throat> noticed by now, what happens is whenever someone is hurt and they're hurt for a national TV game for the Suns, typically what will happen is that specific sideline reporter for that game will have some sort of injury update unique to themselves so they can share it and provide some sort of update. Sorry, our star player is out. Here's some information. Yada, yada. I don't know if I'm breaking the fourth wall there. I apologize for the trend, and it's hard not to notice it yeah. at this point. Anyway, wants to play on Saturday, according to Jared Greenberg, but he has to have an MRI on his foot first. It's going to have to come back clean. If it doesn't, it's looking more like Tuesday, apparently. But MRI is a scary three letters to hear, especially at this point in the season, especially when the offense looks like this without either guard. Uh, and here we are. We're two games in. Uh, I guess we have to start with the injuries beyond the, the news. Are you concerned? What's your concern level? Mine is zero, to be clear, but it'll change if we're doing this podcast next week and both guys still haven't played yet when we're five games into the year. Yeah, it's one of those, like... I'm sorry, Booker Booker played the first game. But yeah, but, but same thing with Beal, right? Like, in the preseason, he had dealt with back tightness. Is that how it has been throughout, I believe? Played a little... Um, and then when regular season comes back around, it's the same thing. So 
there's I guess there's a one or two on my concern level just because it's obviously something that they want to fix by some point. It's not going to fix itself by doing more than rest. So, yeah, there's a little concern. But also, like, did someone say that NBA is going to investigate this team first for the, the not resting rules that they have up? It was a dumb take. We shouldn't spend any time on it. Okay. Um I don't know. Like For rest, these guys are hurt. Yeah, if they're hurt, they're hurt. Um, if you have to do an MRI on it, even if it's just to get it so the NBA is not looking at it, the it's Reddit probably... a game of three days at the start of the NBA season. Time to rest up, fellas. Anyway, um, I think we are learning a lot. Like We didn't expect these guys to be out, obviously, when we last podcasted, but... We're learning the limitations of the bench guys. We're learning why, look, at the end of the day, they need all three stars healthy to make a good postseason run, I think. I don't think many people... need at least two of them to have the offense operational. Yes. In some sort of way. Yeah, so I I don't know. Like They lost to the Lakers. I don't know if the Lakers are bad. I don't know if the Lakers... Look, the Lakers got to the Western Conference Finals with this pretty similar roster because they played good defense, and I think... Just taking it back to the Thursday night game, I was surprised about several things just because we've been accustomed to watching like the Phoenix Suns is the Monty Williams Phoenix Suns. They would never have these stretches where the offense just looks awful. Um, Through turnovers. Through turnovers where it's just gunked up. Um, We did see KD and Book have to do everything in the last playoff run so it, it looked different there already just because that's the nature of having kevin durant on your team um the defense has looked what pretty good consistent pretty solid yeah and and i think a lot of the damage <clears throat> done to them has been off misses and those turnovers and yeah you look at like some of the half court numbers for example that i'm about to look up i'm guessing that they're going to be pretty encouraging it's 39 assists and 39 turnovers for them through two games which is Brutal. Yeah. That, that is the worst two game stretch for them with turnovers that they've had in just a, in, in a very, very long time. Uh, to be clear, half court offensive rating for the Suns last night against the Lakers without Beal and Booker was 77.1. Oh, that's bad. To cleaning the glass, that's a horrible number. Uh, the Lakers were at 85, though, which isn't uh, – it's it's better for sure than that, but it's still a fairly below-average mark as it was. And then looking at the opener specifically, the half-court offense for Phoenix was at 85 points per 100 possessions, which is still pretty bad. But then the Lakers were at – seven, or the Warriors, excuse me, were at 79, which is, hmm. which is very bad as well. So the half-court defense so far has been really good. Um, we kind of expected that from Frank Vogel, but it's very clear that the physicality and how hard he wants the guys to play has gotten through to these guys right away. Just with how all of them are playing, I think that they've been the tone setters in both of these games defensively, which has been a really big positive. Uh, to move to another positive, Devin Booker is one of the best point guards on the planet. We talked about this in the offseason. That Warriors game, he systematically broke it down. Um, our Australian correspondent, David, broke down how there were some turnovers in some situations earlier in the game, and then he cleaned them up mid-game, essentially, by adjusting. 13 of 21, 32 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists, and those 6 turnovers for him. This was in a game where Kevin Durant was 7 of 22, Eric Gordon was 4 of 16, Grayson Allen really struggled, Drew Eubanks really struggled, 
but they got enough from Josh Akogi. They got enough from Yusuf Nurkic, who had 14 and 14. Both those guys, especially Akogi, Akogi was phenomenal in that game. He's been fantastic to start the year. But that's all they need. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. Booker is so amazing and Duran is so amazing that they can nearly win these kinds of games. LeBron and AD last night, there was a big story going into the uh, season or I saw something, some kind of headline. It was it was me seeing the headline, not reading the story or anything. But there was something about LeBron's minute total and how they wanted to keep it around 28 to 30. He played the entire fourth quarter last night and played 35 minutes. AD played 39. That's what the Lakers needed to win this game still. Kevin Durant went nuts. He was 14 of 28 from the field. 39 points, 11 rebounds. Air Gordon was good to start the game but then really struggled. I thought that the plus 18 for Durant and minus 27 for Gordon was pretty apt in terms yeah. of their contributions overall. We'll get to how the offense looked in a minute. Grace Down struggled again. I thought Jordan Goodwin was really good in the first half, not so great in the second half. He was 6 of 15. He took 15 shots um, and had 14 points. It's not really... I'm not sliding and saying he shouldn't take 15 shots. But he had to, yeah. The game developed, and someone needs to start making plays off the dribble when they're starting possessions like that. So they have to go through from there. Um, hmm. What have you thought of Gordon through two games? I'll start there and then I'll yeah. come back to We'll start there and then I'll come back to the offense. I have something to say on that. I think, especially last night, he was asked to play outside his bounds. And that's what I said. Like, he's one of those guys of limitations. Him and Grayson Allen, they're not guys who are going to initiate offense like that they're going to initiate offense if you kick the to them of the game. yeah hit them on the weak side defense is moving yeah they can make the right plays they can even get to the cup or the mid-range um but making them run offense i think we are learning like they're not the answers to the anti-point guard thing like it's booker beal jordan goodwin actually does have pace to him more than even those two guys and i think that's a positive development um and like yeah it's two games but yeah i don't know i guess to keep it to gordon shot selection again forced to take a lot of shots he was chucking for reasons of Tevin Booker's not there. What if what, what was your thing on him? This was a whole thing, and it was my mistake for tweeting about basketball to a detailed degree, um, and not expecting someone to misrepresent slash misunderstand, not understand. Twitter hard, but also what well, X, whatever. Um, sometimes I can get away with it, but every now and then there's like a. A tweet that gets blown up and so I was tweeting before the game about how I was interested to see how the offense looked without Booker and my main point was a KD oriented offense should be simple enough but it's going to be on the guards to really be able to initiate enough and all I was talking about is who is starting possessions because if you haven't noticed the majority of the possessions that Kevin Durant gets the ball for by far probably like 90 to 10 is when he is off the ball to start the possession. He comes off some kind of screen, some kind of movement, isolates in the mid post, whatever it is, and he gets the ball there. Um, someone asked me and replied and said, well, isn't this like a good point to rant time, or isn't this the time where you give him the ball and everyone gets out of the way? That kind of thing. And that's just, that hasn't been his game for a while now. And it's not to say that he's not capable of it, one, and it's not to say, two, that he shouldn't ever 
bring the ball up, run ball screens, whatever. That's not what I was saying. I was just saying, as the default look of the offense, it's not going to be him bringing it up every time. Like, that's just not what it's going to look like. Uh, my introduction to KD Sands uh, ensued for 15 minutes. People oh. saying that I'm calling him a spot-up shooter and all this kind of stuff. But my point was, you can run an offense, a really good one around him, in that kind of role, but you still need the guards to be able to do, I don't want to say the bare minimum because it sounds like insulting, but you need the Jordan Goodwin first half, which is finding a floater, finding a swing pass, keeping the gears of the offense spinning, essentially. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying. And Grayson Allen could not do that. Eric Gordon could not do that. And if those guys can't do that for games like this specifically, that is when you act, we can actually have the conversation of like, okay, this team probably needs a backup point guard because what happened is Vogel was having Gordon and Allen, mainly Gordon, do that at the start of the game. Goodwin closed the game as the guy bringing the ball up. And that was not a it was it was a compliment to Gordon uh, Goodwin, but at the same time, not a good sign for Gordon or Allen that they weren't the crunch time guy, at least getting them into their stuff. Yeah. So in in situations like this where both those guards are out, look, I think the backup point guard thing is going to get blown out of proportion here as long as these guys both don't play. Yeah. Because if just one of them is playing, then you're able to stagnate a lot easier. But with both of them, Beal and Booker, not playing, you're going through entire stretches where all those guys have to hold the dominant <laughs> share, like you were saying, for Gordon and Allen. So that was my thing, and like I still believe that Kevin Durant is the best scorer in the world. I just think that with the way teams are defending him these days and getting extremely under him and trying yeah. to get to his handle and all that kind of stuff, possessions that start with him on the ball beyond the three-point line – they just aren't conducive, and what you need to do instead is play faster. There was a really smart play where Grayson Allen ran the ball up. It didn't really go anywhere, but he he uh, pitched it back to Nurkic, who was waiting at the top of the key, starts a handoff with Durant, and he's doesn't even have a set defense on him yet. He walks into an easy 18-footer. AD is a step late to it because he wasn't even down the floor yet. Uh, and there were a couple of situations like that. Durant, like any elite scorer, is really good at understanding when he has to show urgency to get the ball there was like a turnover uh when the lakers got a rebound or a loose ball or something where the all of a sudden the suns were in a half court situation again the lakers weren't entirely set and durant was in the mid post immediately calling for the swing pass so he could get the ball because ad wasn't ready to come over and help like he was and he was getting double triple teamed the whole night still at 39 points still was really good but it all came to a head in the fourth quarter when they scored three points and had off one field goal no free throws, nothing like that for the first 10 minutes and five seconds of the fourth quarter, which is all-time stuff there that's really rough. Uh, but that was why. It's just because they didn't really have anyone to trigger start possessions, things like that. And without one of those guys, Beal can do it. I think he's pretty good at it. Booker is elite at it. Yeah. But when you're missing both guys, that's when you're like, yeah, they could use T.J. McConnell. But it's not something to overreact to. Unless you're assuming that both these guys are going to like miss the majority of the season, which is not where we're at, to say the least. Yeah, I think to your point on Durant, like he doesn't even want to do that, right? Because you, if I he, th- I don't think so. If he wanted to, he would be doing it. Right? Like if you watch him when he is in semi transition, transition, he's going to push it to score. Like that's what all he's doing. He loves angles. He loves the defense being off. But if 
defense is back, he will often he will pull it out, and he's not running. He's going to flip to someone else to like All get actions going. When the ball's getting inbounded, is walk over there and put his hand up, and he's going to get the ball and bring it up. Like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, the offense is not going to be good if he's running it anyway. I mean, it's probably going to be fine, but. You also don't want to put that on him because, like, I don't... He always kind of bends over and stuff. But, like, he looked gassed 30, what, nine minutes, doing everything. Second game of the year. Second game of the year. The so problem, The problem is is that he's a very, very, very good playmaker to the pole discourse that was being had about what I said. Like, nothing in there that I said was what I've always said about him specifically with his playmaking, his passing, which is that he's really, really good. But the way that you get the most out of it is having him start the possessions, which is where is it worth it? How when he's in a scoring thread, he's a playmaker. Like he's yes. like book is more like book can run like a point guard. Katie doesn't have that switch because fairly he is probably the greatest scorer on the planet. So why would he have that switch? That's how I view it. I mean, and then the problem they ran into is that Akogi and Goodwin were probably would you say the second and third best sons last night? Yeah. Who else would there be? They had both of them on the floor, which is great because what mm. they're defensively and blowing yeah. up possessions at the start of them. I wrote about that on the site last night. Um, offensively, offensively, you're not. You don't have enough spacing, and there were yeah. so many times where Durant was in the mid post, and it was a simple. There are two helpers five feet away that are not close enough to the teammates, but they couldn't figure out the spacing. Akogi and Little had two where they were going to cut as Durant was kicking it to oh, yeah. spacers. And that's just like a mix of chemistry. There was a weird one where Katie got it through to the baseline, but then Goodwin and Akogi had both cut at that point, and then Nurkic was there, so there were four sons basically in the key. Yeah, it, there, there were just some really ugly possessions in terms of spacing, but guess what, Kevin? They were never prepping for this. They, yeah. they If they had spent training camp around this specific roster, it would have looked a lot better. But, no, it's predicated on Beal and Booker being out there. They're not prepping for triple teams against KD because you shouldn't even be able to double-team him yeah. against this team. The, the spacing was messed up, and also I think I would have to watch it back to like confirm, so hold, hold me to it if I'm wrong. But I think the transition defense on both sides last night were really good because I think both teams have defensive mindsets. Like, I'm sure the Lakers are like, we're not letting this team get in transition. Like um, They did a really good job, and that's – partially probably why the Suns especially early were getting so many offensive rebounds because the Lakers were just like we're we're moving we're transitioning and and getting back and and worried about that kind of thing um one thing I will say about Jordan Goodwin is he does I he has a pace to him and I think there's more floater game stuff than I really knew um because like he doesn't seem like a super fast guy he's bigger than you think um but he gets his hips by people he hit a couple floaters there and i think that's going to be important where like they need as much of that gravity just from ball handlers as they can because that's again partially a spacing problem and especially if you're not going to be shooting well you at least need to give them something there so last year for washington in a thousand minutes so like a decentish sample size he took 30 percent of his shots from uh the short mid-range in that floater territory that we talk about all the time that's a really really high rate for a combo guard yeah and he shot 45 percent, which is slightly above average yeah so the floater has been there for him so far. That little mid-range stuff has been there for him. But yeah, he's a he's a stocky guy. Mm-hmm. 
Like if you if he gets the edge on you, you're not getting around him if he knows how to control his body and keep guys in jail, which it seems like he does. He he has like a good pace to him, like you're saying. What do you think of former Portland guys? Because those are the ones where I mean, even beyond Nurk, Nasir looks like is that last wing in the rotation right now? Yeah, so no Kade Bates Diop. Uh-huh. Uh, no Chemezi Metsu, which was probably expected. But again, there was always going to be a guy that was on the outs right now. And in the when one of Beeler Booker played, it was Nasir Little was the 10th guy. Um, so I would say when, for now, if everyone is completely healthy, I believe that Jordan Goodwin is the 10th guy. It's either him or Yuta right now. Mm-hmm. And then Nasir is the 11th guy. And then I don't know who the 12th guy is, but... Uh, Nasir, excuse me, he uh, played three minutes in that Warriors game, just gave them a little stretch where they need someone else on the floor. He had a steal. He had a three. I thought on the Lakers game, he played pretty well defensively. Mm -hmm. He just missed two threes. It happens like when you're in that kind of role, you're in a really rough spot. Uh, He was also out there for some of the non-KD minutes, but I thought that defensively and like physicality, he had a nice deflection. He had a steal and a block. Um, I thought that he was solid. Eubanks still figuring it out. I don't know when it has to, when it's going to click for him in terms of just not looking scattered out there, like everything's going too fast for him. Yeah. But I think you were the one who tweeted, you're seeing now, and I think it was after he did something wrong, yeah. where these guys who have, are young-ish have a couple of years in the league but haven't been on a team like this before in, a, in an incredibly physical game against the Lakers in Staples Center, and it just looked like everything was moving a bit too fast for him. That's where Josh Okogie has really stood out, where it's like he's been in these situations now, and he's yeah. completely poised and fine and not really doing anything wrong in any kind of circumstances where he might have last year. And, and to that point, I thought Goodwin looked like the more composed player. Yeah, uh, Nurkic has been fine. Um, I thought that he was pretty good in the first game. I thought that it was... The challenge with him or D.A., no matter what, who, who it was going to be, like, and I thought about this with D.A. a lot specifically because of how long we went with D.A. still on the team in the summer and just thinking about how the roster would look is there are going to be games and situations where they need to run stuff through D.A. And, like, how can they do that? And last night was, I think they ran a post-up for Nurkic in one of the last plays of the game. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, you need to get him on the ball and get his playmaking going, but also just, like, beat it to him in the post and see if he can like hit a hook shot like you need to find some avenues for his offense in games like this a little engagement throughout yeah and his rebounding has been really good but he only took five shots in this game two of them were threes both missed he only took two free throws so these are the types of games where you need to find that he had four turnovers again i think all of his almost were cuts missed cuts just, i thought you were cutting I yeah were going there um so they have to figure it out but. Also, I will say, like, I think this is just I have empathy toward NBA centers because anytime it's like, oh, the team is down the stretch making them switch. It's like that would happen to any center. Hey, guess what? When LeBron James uh, barrels his shoulders into you and you're seven foot tall, 280 pounds or 90 pounds, whatever Nurk is like is going full speed has to put it off the glass and hits a layup to go ahead or was that the tying i don't remember what that one was i'm thinking of but it's like nurk like yeah they got a switch on nurk but nurk didn't like just give him an easy layup <laughs> like it's just a hard shot and it's lebron james like i don't know what more you want him to do da would have had that problem steven adams probably would have gotten scored out. like i don't know a lot of people are going to have that problem and it's that's just going to be the reality of their situation this season is that people are going to attack nurkic late in the game and 
it's LeBron James. Like it's that's how it's going to go. Grayson Allen needs to play better. Uh, mm-hmm. He w- he's not been good in the last two games. I don't know what happened to like the seamless plug and play guy that he looked like in the preseason. He looked absolutely perfect for this team, and he's just kind of figuring out ways to still get in the game. He finally he didn't hit a shot, I believe, or didn't hit a three. Um, in that Warriors game specifically, yeah, he was 0 for 6, 0 of 5 from 3. Most of those were good looks. He was 2 of 6, 2 of 4 from 3. In the Lakers game, he had 4 assists, no turnovers. You need more guys like that. Specifically with how turnovers are becoming a problem, where the glue guys who are going to have little chances to play make here and there, you need the guys who are not going to turn the ball over and then produce assists. That's what he did specifically. He's still doing a, a, a really small detail of his game is he's a really good tip rebounder guy yeah so when he's crashing from the perimeter um for a defensive rebound he's really good at like that 50 50 ball with a big and getting a hand on it for them i've noticed that about him but other than that they, they just need more from him especially not especially but just even if beal and booker play on saturday uh they're gonna need more out of him for sure anything else i think we pretty much hit on everyone that played you does look good i thought that you probably should have been out there at the end of the game but you needed Goodwin to bring the ball up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a roster pickle. Um, I think I'll go back to even Grayson Allen, who hasn't looked great. Like, his physicality on defense has been there, at least. And when we're, I guess, if I go back to what I said before, game one is I want to see whatever's happening in these first few games, like them being a defensive team, and the offense will come. And I will stick by that. And that's important to see that that they're impacting the game in that way and that their guards are all super, like you said about the tip rebounds for Grayson Allen. Akogi's been a monster on the glass. Jordan Goodwin, that's in his DNA already. And I think he's been good this season to start, even though I don't know off the top of my head what his numbers are. Like, they do the little things that you want to see. They're starting to develop that identity. And it's just like, at least... If Book or Beal, one of them comes back soon, we'll see a little more something where we can take something out of the offense. I'm not going to take anything out of the offense right now, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, so we'll see how the next week goes. Um, we definitely have bullet points that we went over a lot of if those guys continue to be out, but if they continue to be in, can these other guys still, not still, but just some of them recover and then some of them keep it going. Like I'm guessing Josh is going to be even better. It's going to be interesting to see what Goodwin can do. He certainly earned uh, yeah. the right to play again on Saturday, even if both of those guys are back. But yeah, I mean, it's extreme situations. Like Katie's usage was 42% in, <sighs> in that Lakers game. Like they just had nowhere else to go. Uh, and that is going to be an issue when you have a team designed around a big three and minimum contracts and two of the guys don't play. It would kind of look the same if, even if, um, still stand by our take that Booker's the heartbeat of the team and all that kind of stuff. But if Duran and Beal were out, it would still kind of look this way, you know? It would be different. Yeah. He's initiating the offense, and it would probably help the other guys a bit more. Um, that Nashian effect of ha- helping uh, other guys play well, setting them up for success, yada, yada. But man, you are. Uh, you are not getting that, uh, no matter what, to a certain extent, when two of these guys are out. Anything else before we go? Don't think so. That's it. What's up next? Jazz. Jazz on Saturday. Wemby time. A fun Halloween night uh, downtown on Tuesday. Game th- four. Game four, excuse me. Of the World Series will be at five. And then the Spurs are at seven. So I'm sure... 
the World Series isn't just like the the World Baseball Classic where it might be over some people's heads. That was nuts. Trying to there was oh. one regular oh. season game uh, earlier this Kings? calendar year. Kings, I think, or I think Grizz. So, yeah, where we had to park like pretty far away, and like you just couldn't get down Jefferson. It was just nuts. Um, so I don't know what we're doing, but I'm going to park pretty far away and see uh, how it goes. Mike V. Hill, who lives like a little under a mile away from the arena, offered me <laughs> that I could park at his house if I want to, and I might consider it. Depending park and ride, light rail it. Depending on what they say. Yeah, keep an eye on the socials as far as injury updates, but honestly, like as I was kind of rant- ranting about at the start, we're just not really going to get in- injury information here. We- you just have to go by the injury listings. When guys go from questionable to doubtful, doubtful to questionable, questionable to probable, probable usually means they're going to play at that point. When Kellen sends the uh, practice videos of them being tied up and doing the elastic bands with some little wire attached to them as a run test. I don't even know what that means anymore, to be honest. Yeah, they might not do that anymore. I don't know. I just want to know, man. Like everyone else, I just want to know. Here's the thing. Maybe they don't know. Have you ever thought about that? Do you think the Cardinals know if Kyler Murray's going to play? I, I bet they actually don't really know, and they're not telling him. Hmm. I would I would guess, but I could be wrong. All right, everyone. Yeah. We'll be back next week after uh, three basketball games, two against Wemby. Should be fun. See ya.